And welcome back to Lobby Concessionals, the movie podcast where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. That's Brendan and I'm Parker. Brendan, how do you feel about movie reviews, man? I don't know. I, I take them with a grain of salt. I don't usually uh, subscribe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it were, as it, was, as it is. Uh, like it, I... I know a lot of people do, and then you know sure. it's, a, it's a gauge and, and things like Rotten Tomatoes. There's a really good basis for argument. Okay. Well, yeah, but the yeah. Rotten Tomatoes score is blah, blah blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. So that means 90 percent of people thought it was good. And I disagree with 99 percent of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, but I mean, I think younger when I was younger, I probably I took a lot of uh, a lot of input. So like currently, you would say you you don't take much stake in movie reviews. Uh, I try not to. Are you try- okay. I try not yeah. to just because I know I'm a particular dude. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. You like what you like. And yeah, therefore, yeah. You and know, I know a lot of okay. people aren't going to watch so you, movies you, the same way. Yeah, sure. So you've never really found a reviewer that matches up with your tastes. Because uh, I think that's the ideal, right? Is that eventually you find... Your uh, guy or yeah, your, your like person? someone that generally seems to agree with or align with your taste so that if they liked it, likely you will like it as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't found... That person, uh, I have a we- I have a website. It's oh, a, I have a movie website. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I thought you meant like your own website. And I'm like, I know we have yeah. a website. <laughs> like you just have your own. You've been hiding. Yeah, like no, I have no, my no. own. I do reviews. I don't tell you about them, and I don't I don't post them up here. <laughs> That's That'd be just, weird. <laughs> no, I have a website, uh, a pop culture website slash film that I really oh. enjoy. Yeah, or I haven't enjoyed as as much recently, but uh, but the I did have its heyday in the mid two thousands to the mid twenty tens. Okay, that sounds like a just a disaster. That's like ten years. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I get it. And they were like my go to that I that I mostly agreed with. Okay. Yeah. And you think they've dropped off? Uh, yeah. And I don't and I don't know if that's a me problem or a sure. them problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your opinion is different. From yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. <clears throat> Why do you think that is? Like, uh, if, if you can pinpoint something, honestly, maybe it's just me as a, as and my evolution as a movie goer. Mm. Um, I think we've talked in the past about uh, outside forces influencing the things that we enjoy. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I think I've spent a lot of the last couple of years trying to block out outside influence and noise. Mm. Uh, and I think that might be part of it. Oh, okay. So. Okay, fair enough. I mean, fair that's enough. probably something we'll probably get psychoanalyzed in this episode. That sounds like. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't we won't delve too deep into that. Um, I I think I'm I'm sort of similar. I've never really found a reviewer I, I specifically agree with. I I personally always really liked um, uh, Ebert, uh, and it, look, I found the reviews I read from him were. Um, intelligent and intelligent in a way that i could understand and he seemed to talk about movies in a way that I, that were yeah. digestible and and could help me sort of learn more about movies and um like i i just know where he was coming from i don't know if i always agreed with him i'm uh, sorry i certainly didn't always agree with yeah. him and there's plenty of movies that he enjoyed that i was like eh. <laughs> um, and and we've talked about this before with my um, the issues I have with some classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Ebert loved classics. And I think you can't really be a movie reviewer unless you're willing to, you know, um, worship at the altar of Citizen Kane and stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, don't get me wrong. Like, there is some that don't. And there's some that make a living off of stuff like that. But, um, but to be truly respected in the way that Ebert was, I think you have to... I, I, I get it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, he had the benefit in in some ways a long enough lifespan um, that he there was quite a, f- a few um, classics that he was there for you know like he literally was around <laughs> yeah, when yeah, they yeah. came out not Citizen Kane but um, you know Godfather films and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 uh, so not that I have any issues with the Godfather <laughs> my point is, is that, <laughs> that some of those foundational things it's it's better to be there when it first comes out yeah 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 you know we've talked about this with Blade Runner. Uh, how uh, I, I think it's a little bit harder to enjoy Blade Runner as a film, given that others have improved that yeah. and and taken that the the foundational stuff and, and moved on it. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I found some critics that I enjoy, and I find if I am actively looking for a movie review, um, I will seek out a couple. You yeah. Know? yeah. 
Um, like I said, I usually check Ebert's website, even though he passed in 2013. <laughs> yeah. Like he seems to still have, or he doesn't, he's dead. <laughs> but like the, the, the website still has The ghost good... of Ebert <laughs> <laughs> has great tastes in films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the writers they put together on that site do seem to still um, be looking at films in the same way that he did, in the spirit sure. that he did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, like personally, I find how I tend to look at movies is if I am interested in something, if I watch a trailer and I am interested in watching a movie, I will check reviews. And usually a person, I, I do Metacritic um, instead yeah. of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, so because it's a bit of a soapbox for me, <laughs> I'm just going to explain this. I want, for, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, I'm not oh going to lie. God. It drives me nuts. It drives me the wall. People always point to Rotten Tomatoes and see it's oh, 100% it's a perfect movie. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. <laughs> but it's fresh. It's certified fresh. <laughs> and it's... Certified fresh films are good usually, um, you know. Like I, that's not a problem. The issue is, is people look at a hundred percent and they go, "It's a perfect film. It is. There's nothing wrong with." It. That's what they're saying. No, 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 no. All that means is, is that a hundred percent of critics of um, like approved Rotten Tomatoes critics have said it's have given it a positive review. And sometimes and, they're not even all the way positive. Well, and that's the thing is that Rotten Tomatoes doesn't explicitly mention what makes it a positive review. Right. So if someone has a five star stale and they decide to give it a two and a half stars, to me, I don't know if that's a positive review. No, that, that's a pretty bad movie. Yeah, right? Like yeah, yeah. It's 50%. <laughs> um, but theoretically, Rotten Tomatoes would be like, yep, yeah, we're 50% up and it's positive. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they don't make that clear. So I think. The, the intent they want to give people, like the, the, the impression they want to give people, is that they, they pour over each review and they look <laughs> at all the verbiage and they really read it through. But I'm like, screw you. We're yeah. talking about hundreds, you know, if not thousands of reviews yeah. per movie. And it, and it does feel like anybody with uh, anybody with a blog oh. uh, can get in. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and this is to be their approved reviewers. And I, like, checked through their whole mission statement about how they approve people and yada 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 and again it says that they have a dedicated staff that's that's reviewing and i'm like i'm, I'm sure they read a couple i'm sure what the <laughs> approval process is someone submits a review and like the head writer or whatever rotten tomatoes is like yeah sure and they just go on there and they read like yeah what do they think of toy story 3 and then what do they think of the dark knight yeah okay they said yes and yes so um yeah, they're good enough to be on rotten tomatoes I don't have an issue with Rotten Tomatoes. My, my issue is just that, again, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean it's a perfect film. It right. means that 100% of reviewers have, that have reviewed it liked it. Right. Which is a good measure of something. So, you know, like generally, if something is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I will probably enjoy that movie. Um, it may, you know, not be great. It may, <laughs> may have plenty of flaws. Yeah, yeah. But I'm probably going to have a good time with it. Um. Metacritic, on the other hand, actually tries to look at the the um, film worthiness, the the uh, <laughs> filmmaking techniques, how good the film is okay. from a critical point of view. And so, a ninety-one, let's say, on Metacritic means it's exceptionally good because that means that a number of reviewers yeah. rated it like four or five stars, basically. Oh, so it actually takes the, the that into account. Yeah. So you, the nice thing about Metacritic is, is you can compare films. So you can look at, you know, I don't know, again, uh, Saving Private Ryan and Up, I guess. <laughs> and you can look at those two, which would be objectively hard to compare one-to-one -one and go, okay, well, what did critics think of both of these films? Yeah. And how do they measure up? So theoretically, from a filmmaking point of view, you're able to, to compare those. Two right. Using a Metacritic store. Ultimately, <laughs> it's always going to be a little bit flawed. Like, if one got a 67 and one got a 71... It's probably just a margin of error. Like, you know, like yeah. the difference there is not much. Um, if one got a 90 and one got a 30, those are significantly different films. And it's easy to be able to be like, yeah, okay, well. Now, does Metacritic have a, like an audience one as well? Or is it, just a, is it just a critic one? They do have an audience one. And I find this very funny, actually, because their audience reviews. Um, so their critic stuff is out of 100. Okay. Their audience reviews are out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's very funny that they don't even bother putting yeah. it on the same scale. 
It's weighted by importance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and that's actually a good point too. Is what I find interesting with Metacritic is they take a look at um, they weight the reviews from different um, publications. Okay. So uh, how do they put it here? Uh, they just depending on the quality and overall stature of the reviewer slash publication, and they don't make that clear. So it's not like they're saying L.A. Times is rated, you know, I don't know, ten times higher than. Armand White, you know, like it, it, they're not putting that out there. Yeah. Um. So there is a level of bias in there. If the guys at Metacritic decided that you know the Chicago Tribune is the gold scale as far as yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. movie reviews That's go, interesting. then they can just decide that those guys' reviews get worth a heck of a lot more. So there's work in Metacritic, is what it sounds like. There is, yeah. Okay. Um, now, theoretically, it sounds like, it, based on the research I did, uh, it looks like they sort of define that formula and then just leave it, right? <laughs> so there was work at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and now, at some point, they just went, oh, okay, good enough. <laughs> the, uh, but the other thing is, though, they have to convert everything all of the critic scores into a percentage. So there is a little bit of a, a mess in there too. So again, if someone uses a four point scale, they're all movies are getting rated either 25%, 50%, 75% or a hundred percent. Yeah. Or I guess it, you could do zero stars. So 0%. Um, so that's a big swing, you know, like, so there's very little differentiation from a single reviewer, but I guess that's sort of the point. Is that the only reason that a movie gets 83 is because it had a mix of people that were rating at 75 and 100, you know? Right. So, um, anyway, the, I really like Metacritic. I find that basically, um, because of how that weighted average system works, um, anything that gets over like a 65 is worth watching more or less. If, 65? If, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so if you're interested in, in that film. Um, because again, that's the other thing is that there's plenty of movies that get high reviews that I'm just not interested sure, in watching. Sure. So I don't waste my time, okay. you know, unless it's absolutely incredible. Like we're talking a movie walks away with, you know, 95 or something on Metacritic. I probably going to go out of my way to watch it, yeah. even if it's not something I'm particularly interested in, just because that doesn't happen often. Do you have a number then? Like if 65 is like, you'll take a, I mean, I don't even know why I'm complaining. I'm like, I would have killed for a 65 in high school, but like... <laughs> <laughs> But like, is there like a number that you that it becomes a must watch for you? Like, is it seventy? Is it seventy five? Um, no, it would be probably higher than that. So, it's a must watch. Like again, if we're not taking into account my personal interest in the film, it probably only becomes a uh, a must watch if it's eighty five and up. Whoa. Um, so it has to be quite high. Okay. Um, now again, if I'm interested, even remotely interested in the film, I am. I'll go much lower. Um, and, and there's certain movies that I am stoked about watching and they get bad reviews and I don't, or like not great reviews, it gets, yeah. gets a 50 on Metacritic and I'm like, uh, yeah. And so I usually end up going to it anyway, because oh, okay. I'll probably enjoy it. So how's, what, what, what number does that have to fall to for you to be like, oh, that's not happening anymore? Well, like Morbius, I think has like a 30 and we went and saw that. So, <laughs> okay. That wasn't your fault. <laughs> 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 um, I would say generally uh, 45, 40 and below, sort of. 30 feels really high for Morbius, though. Uh, and actually, I, I, I haven't checked it recently. <laughs> I remember it being basically, red, uh, Metacritic also has a color scale. So depending on a certain number, it's like red, yellow, or green. Yeah, right? yeah. And so as soon as it's red, I don't even bother looking at the number, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, but so what I find interesting about those review aggregators, Benacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, is when it's in the middle. Um, because that can mean one of two things. Either that it is very, very polarizing, like half the critics gave it four stars, half of them gave it one star. Or it's a situation where people are like, eh, you know, and like the eh is boring, where yeah, people yeah. are truly meh on the whole thing. Fine, you know, like, okay, yeah. if you really want to see it, go see it, go nuts. Um, but, like, it's probably not really worth anyone's time. Or not, you know, don't go out of your way. No stampeding to the theater, sort of, you know. Um, but when it's really polarizing, that's where I find things to be interesting. Because theoretically, critics are supposed to be more or less on the same page, right? Like, are they? Well, like, aren't they? 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> arguably, the idea behind being a movie critic is that you are um, uh, informed enough about the art of making films yeah. that it's not like you are rating something bad because you didn't like the subject matter, right? If you happen uh... to go and watch Up, it's not like you're going to give that a bad review just because, well, my wife also died. <laughs> you know, like... Could have went with something else. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like... That's not fair. It's yeah. like critics don't act that, or theoretically shouldn't act that way. Right. So, arguably, they should be rating like they should generally agree because they're rating things on the on a scale of how good the filmmaking is, right? And in, in in the art that was put out. Yeah. Am I right? I I guess so. But like, does that mean you're you're saying that the for them there's there's less subjectivity for a critic? Then there would be for like an audience. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. But I also th- like, and I, and I think that makes sense because there's plenty of audiences. You know, the, lots of people went out and watched. I don't know, um, Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. <laughs> Why and... do you keep bringing this guy up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we is he paying you? <laughs> like, like, you see... <laughs> we got a. I love Zaddy. Love <laughs> but like, people went out and watched Sucker Punch oh. and enjoyed it. Oh, there is guarantee. Oh, I get it. You know, so. But lots of people also went out and went, wow, this is movie is hot garbage. And they were right about that. <laughs> um, and so critics generally agreed the movie was hot garbage. But the fact that there was a massive amount of – or not maybe not a massive, but there is far more variation with an audience than there's going to be with critics. Sure. Like it's going to be less subjective with critics because they've all, again, theoretically been trained and studied movies. Yeah. Right? Like, and even just on a long enough timeline, even if you've never really studied movies, if your job becomes writing about them and you're writing about hundreds of movies a year, eventually you're going to start having better taste, right? <laughs> like, and I, so I guess this is the Armand White issue. So I've actually <laughs> never had heard of this guy until you mentioned him to me, like, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about him here? Or, like, do you want to introduce is, him to the audience, sort of? I don't even know what there is to, to, to introduce. Like, he was just... He was a guy that gained notoriety in the mid two thousands for having the complete opposite take of just about any every other critic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, most famously, he was I, I believe he was the one that wrecked the Dark Knight's perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, I believe that's true. And uh, he he's done that repeatedly uh, with movies. I think he was the one that wrecked Toy Story's three's perfect score. Yeah. Uh, and and he's uh, also quite notorious for giving. Really bad movies, high scores. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't think of one off the top. Sucker Punch actually is one of them, I believe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, that that's kind of his shtick. Yeah, and uh, and he's got to keep his job because the shtick is worth the clicks, apparently. Well, and so I get it. On one hand, I think that since there is going to be variability in how an audience looks at things, they ultimately members of an audience are going to want to rally behind someone that happens to agree with them. Yeah. If someone didn't like The Dark Knight, um, they want to be able to find someone, a professional, that agrees yeah. with them, right? Um, so I think there's a niche for him to fill. Sure. Um, the other thing is, is, when I was doing a little bit of research about him, I heard um, multiple reviewers talking about how someone like Armin White is important in the critic world. Just because it is important to have dissenting opinions. But I don't know if I agree with that. You know, like, first of all, because, again, like I was saying, arguably, you watch enough movies, you're going to start having similar tastes. Like, you're going to start recognizing things about films that make some better than others. Um, And the problem, I guess, with Armin White is it's not like he's saying, "Ah, this wasn't as good as everyone was saying. He says, this is a bad movie. (laughs) You know, the movie everyone loves is bad. Yeah. And uh, well, that's where my issue is. Like you were just saying, like there, it's it's good to have uh, like a guy like that. Well, how people need somebody to rally behind. Sure. But he's going out of his way to find movies that nobody's nobody would rally behind him. Like I don't know anybody that doesn't like Dark Knight. Uh fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I, I'm <laughs> like, sure we like, could find someone. I'm right? sure you like, can find, but there's not like a core group of people. It, this isn't. I'm just going to give the lip service again. This is not the Snyder Bros, right? It's not like a small segment of people rallying against these bad movies to get these more bad movies being made. This is a universally loved movie. Maybe And maybe, yeah, we could find one person 
in the world who didn't like the Dark Knight, and him and Armin White could like have a coffee together, <laughs> like so. Just I don't know if dissenting opinion is is good in this way. Fair enough, and I, I think it's the opposite thing where he he's people, contrarian. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But if, if some if he rates a movie that generally was received poorly, so again, Sucker Punch as good. Um, that's when people are going to rally behind him. Because guaranteed, there is people out there. And, it, and it, I mentioned Zack Snyder again, so maybe it's just the Snyder bros. But like, um, oh God, come on, Parker. Think of another bad movie. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. No, I literally, I'm just blanking completely. Oh God. Um, but I think someone's far more likely to agree with him when sorry, that was already their opinion. Sure. You know, like they went and saw a bad movie and they were like, No, people are really being mean about this. You yeah. know, this was pretty good. Oh, I think he gave the room a really good review. Oh <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so that's a great example. Yeah. Well, no, it's not, actually. Sorry. <laughs> so the room with Tommy Wiseau. Was O? Yeah. Wiseau. Wiseau, I think it is what it is. Anyway. Um the, the problem with that is it already has a cult following. Though. Right. Like, there is going to be people that are going to be like, yeah, this is a positive review <laughs> just because they think that's hilarious, you know? Um, the, the What we really need, and I, I'm not going to pick come up with an example. My point is, is that um, if you liked a bad movie, it will be nice for you as a random audience member who, you know, has been yelled at constantly about this. Um, about your bad opinion about this movie, to be able to point to a professional and go, this guy gets paid to review movies and he agrees with me, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a niche there. But you're right, there's no niche for someone to be like, The Dark Knight is a bad film. <laughs> is it, uh, does the, does something like Rotten Tomatoes open up the door for, for really bad arguments? Because in my experience, uh, it leaves the door open for 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 confrontational people to pick and choose. Like if if uh, if if it's a it's if it's a divisive movie or if it's like a bad critically rated movie, all of sure. a sudden they can be like, but the audience score is like eighty. Yeah. And then, but then you know, if I tell, but if it's another movie and they'll be they can pick and choose and be like, well, the critics said it was eighty. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can pick one or the other because the critics told me the other movie was shit. But like I don't know, does does it does it does it leave the door open for bad discussion? Theoretically, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, that's happened a number of times where the critic yeah, yeah. reviews have been very low. It's actually happened a lot lately. Uh, yeah, feels... and audiences have really pumped it up. Yeah. Um, now I think part of the problem is is this has been a big thing on Rotten Tomatoes is review bombing. Yeah, where the you know a number of uh, bot accounts are created. And the the store is driven way way. Oh, you know what? Actually, a um a great example is um. Oh God, it was just there. Oh no, I got it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alita Battle Angel. Oh yeah. So that one has a a divisive following. Um, not at because... this table. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to discuss that. <laughs> um, but there was a number of yeah. uh, critics didn't like it, and the fan score is quite high yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I remember there was a whole segment of people on Reddit in particular, um, or at least I saw it on Reddit. I'm not sure if they were actually congregating there. I think they were, but <laughs> yeah. um, that would go out and they'd it was buy... A, it was a Reddit land party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bunch of trolls. Um, uh, but they'd go out and buy like 15 or 20 copies of Alita Battle Angel on DVD so that the, the numbers soared. Um, so that the studio would look at this and go, the numbers, oh. yeah, like the the from the studio's point of view. I mean, I guess so. Money. I mean, I guess and so. they were right. like, let's throw a bunch of money at it because the student needs to know this was a good film. And and on one hand, I'm like, guys, what are you, what are you trying to do? Like, first of all, as far as I understand, there's no sequel potential there. I never actually saw the film because I heard it was terrible and I was not interested. But I saw it. Was is there a sequel potential? Yeah, but it's shitty. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it's okay. a, it's so, a bad movie. So theoretically, them buying these DVDs and stuff is to try well, and get a sequel. I mean, made. at the end of the at the end of the day, they're only spending like if they're buying what fifteen fifteen copies each, they're only spending like thirty dollars. It's like two dollars in a Walmart bin. <laughs> <laughs> 
at the time it wasn't. They're buying these full price, you know, like they're buying the the um the Blu-ray 3D 4K, version, the 4K combo pack. Yeah, yeah, the one that comes with the DVD and the VHS and the. Is there any one of those combos tape. that uh, come with a decent movie? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. Um. But so I think the review bombing is interesting, and the Alita conversation is a little bit interesting, sure. just because um, Alita Battle Angel came out around the same time as Captain Marvel, yeah. And so there was a whole misogynist group of the of the internet that decided that they hated Captain Marvel because Brie Larson didn't smile enough. Didn't smile. Like I, I think that was really it. Um, and or, she was like mean to a reporter that asked a misogynistic question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was. Like, it, was <laughs> it was just a bad... I also saw like cuts of her interview uh, from Between Two per- between two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Oh, so good. And people treated it as if it wasn't a joke. <laughs> like they were, they were posting this unironically, being like, can you believe she, she treated <laughs> Zach like this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I can. That's the whole bit, you know? <laughs> I didn't need to watch that Brad Pitt one. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Um, but so what I thought was strange, and like, I, I can't believe people care this much, frankly, is the Captain Marvel store was bombed yeah. um, by audiences. Yeah. In And then the Alita store was pumped. And I remember it being a, a whole thing about how, um, oh... This is the female we wanted. Yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel isn't a strong female, <laughs> uh, but Alita Battle Angel is, and it's like... Guys, we can have it both ways. It's <laughs> fine. They can yeah. both exist. Yeah. And so I think you're right that it, it, it's something like Rotten Tomatoes, especially given that it's so trusted from an audience and a reviewer point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it does – it opens the door to toxic behavior like that. Yeah. That's um, the word. That's the yeah, word. Yeah. I didn't want to use it, but it is. That's what it is. I just thought I didn't want to use it. It didn't, it didn't come up in my head. You know, and it, I had a really hard time with those two films because when I saw Captain Marvel, I wasn't wowed by it, honestly. I thought it was, like, it was fine. Sure. Um, but it didn't really floor me. And I wanted it to floor me. Like, I love Brie Larson, first of all. Yeah. I think she's great. Um, uh, and I think a lot of the the conversation around this, you know, the why doesn't she smile more thing was hilarious. <laughs> because I think I've mentioned this before, but she went through all the posters of the other MCU films and then photoshop smiles <laughs> because none of them are smiling you know <laughs> like they're all like looking dour or serious yeah, yeah, yeah. and then weird smiles are now photoshop <laughs> so it's sort of like a um a, a bit of a joker thing going yeah. on you know yeah and uh and i think she's hilarious but i wasn't floored by the movie i thought it was fine yeah you know, it was average and then but i felt then weird about saying eh you know it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my cup of tea yeah. because I felt like I was joining the ranks of these people. Then like, I felt like I sort of had to promote Captain Marvel because I, otherwise I was associated <laughs> with these people that are like, rah, rah. <laughs> can't believe Brie Larson. Rah, 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 rah. The, uh, the Ghostbusters effect. Hey, we didn't get it. We didn't get a chance to talk about that in our toxic fandom. talks of fandom. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Where, not a great movie. Just really, just kind of... It's middling. It's fine. I mean, I enjoyed some of it. Yeah, I watched yeah. it once. It's not nearly as bad as everybody says it is, though. No. It's not, uh, it's not franchise killing. No, nope. <laughs> nope, definitely bad. not. The fans killed the franchise. Yeah. Well, and I had fun. Like I said, sure. I watched it once. I enjoyed it. I laughed a few yeah. times. And I walked away not regretting spending the time. Yeah. But it was bombed and people are or like sorry i think it did fine box office wise i don't know if it actually it, made it, money it, but it did okay it made it it made more than its budget but not enough to like you know you know when you say break even that's a different number than what you put in because it's like you have to add a hundred million dollars in for advertising and, and marketing and, and yeah, it didn't yeah, make yeah. that yeah fair enough fair enough um so uh, yeah I, I thought it was a fine film but sure. it wasn't amazing and again it's like well i, I don't want to say now I, I can't go on the record saying i didn't enjoy this movie yeah, or yeah. it was fine i had to swing the pendulum a bit <laughs> because some of the crazy people on the internet had swung so far <laughs> the opposite direction yeah. that i needed to like put some space between <laughs> me and them even though they were there was a couple things they were right about yeah and, sure like, so yeah I, I guess in answer to your question now that i've been talking for 20 minutes <laughs> is I think um, Rotten Tomatoes does set up. The, there's some problematic 
um, interactions that can occur. Yeah. Um, because of the feeling that, oh, well, if enough people vote that this movie's a 10 out of 10, then more people will see it. Yeah. Or, you know, screw you, Brie Larson. You know, like, yeah. it, it it becomes weirdly tribalistic and, and, and personal. When yeah, it's very strange. It shouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, pivot a bit. Um, I I know we both have uh, Letterbox accounts. Yeah. Uh, what is your opinion of Letterbox? Like, do you still review on there regularly? Uh, yeah, you... every time. Every time we we watch a new movie or I watch a new movie, I, I throw it up there. Yeah. yeah. And so, what do you like doing it? Give me. I love it. I love it. The only thing I I just I need more than five stars. Oh, like what does that mean? I I need I need like a, a to me the perfect the perfect rating system is the figure skating system, which is out of ten with decimal points. So it's essentially out of a hundred. Basically, yeah. Basically, but I, I I do like that six point eight or seven point four thing. Like I need that because for me a five star five stars isn't enough give in between movies. So in my mind, five stars is a perfect movie, which is very rare. Sure. I, even my favorite movies don't have perfect ratings. So mm-hmm. I I think I only have two five star reviews on my letterbox. I okay. have like three thousand movies. So four and a half is basically as tippity top as it gets for me. But the, the the stretch between a four and a half star movie and a three and a half star movie in my mind is a massive gap. Okay. But when you look at the reviews, because like because a three star movie and a three and a half star movie are you know that they're right there. Mm-hmm. They they it looks like I enjoy something way more than I do because there's not enough there's not enough space for me to tell you that it's not at all that close. If that makes any sense, I, it does. Yeah. I I personally like you. What you are saying makes it is clear. I do not understand it. Okay, you know, so let's like, let's okay. No, let's... no, sorry, you are explaining it fine. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't agree. Oh, you know, like I, I'm okay. not on the same level with you at all. Okay, and in fact, that was one of my issues with Letterbox is I found that effectively what it is is a ten point scale. Right, you've got you got five stars with half star counting sure so you can go anywhere between zero and ten yeah for any film um and uh and in some ways i found it was too much um because really when it comes down to it i can rank certain films i think certain this movie's better than this movie but really what it comes down to for me in a lot of cases is like yeah a lot of movies are very similar so sure i would i prefer to watch just using our their backgrounds here would i prefer to watch inception over silver linings playbook Maybe. Um, I think those are both, as far as the ter- the quality of those films, very, very similar. I would probably rank them the same. Uh, yeah, um, I'd, I'd do the same. Um, but I personally, if I was forced to put them sequentially, I would put Inception above Civil Linings Playbook, personally. Um, I like Inception more. Yeah. But I don't know if there's enough of a difference. Or maybe it's just that I'm not good enough. Um, I'm, I'm not good enough at criticism and film criticism yeah. to be able to truly distinguish... What makes Inception a better film? And so I like that explanation better. You know, and so for me, I, I I don't need more levels. Like the, the fact that you need more detail is astounding to me. Yeah, because I the detail paralyzes me personally, and so I stopped using Letterbox because of that. Oh, reason. really? Because I'm like I. And who's to say if it's three and a half or four? Maybe I had a bad day today. You know, maybe a movie that should be at four is now getting a two because I came in grumpy. You know, like. I, so, I, I guess one of my questions is, is that is your, you would, or sorry, do you consider your letterbox a uh, analysis of, of the, a film's objective quality? Like, I understand art is subjective. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're like, oh, this is the only thing. But as far as, from your point of view, that is its objective quality, not how you felt about it at that time? It is uh, It is a constant struggle, but that's how I like to keep it. Okay. So, like, like even my favorite movies on there, like, my favorite movies I can rewatch a hundred times over, mm-hmm. I rate as a quality, as the quality of film, as opposed to my enjoyment of it. Oh, man. And, and this is the big thing with Letterboxd, is that yeah. I have I had such a hard time distinguishing between those yeah. two things, it's, especially it's... immediately after watching a movie. And my perspective is, is that, first of all, there's no way, because I'm ADHD, that I will have 
any way. Like, I, I cannot review a movie a week later. I will forget. It will not be logged. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I don't log it immediately, it's not happening. Yeah. And my immediate perception, walking out of a theater, is either... Like, I find I don't have a lot of middling stuff. It's either, ah, it sucked, or it's really good. You know, and eventually I, I get I develop a little bit more nuance when I talk sure. to people about it and when we kind of discuss certain things and we discuss what we liked. And I, you know, let my opinions fester and think and then it'll solidify yeah um but yeah if i have to review it right away everything's getting five stars or one stars you know like, yeah like if you look at my if you go through they have a nice chart of your reviews and mine sure mine does the hill i have a lot of three star reviews oh yeah like a lot of two and a half star reviews right but uh but it is one of those things like one of my favorite movies ever is the adventures of fort fairlane which is a shitty Shitty early '90s Andrew Dice Clay movie. Okay, and on Letterbox, it's a two star review. Okay, and I but I love that movie. Uh, I I have stuff like that across the board. Tommy Boy is one of my favorite movies. It's it's sitting at three stars when it you know when enjoyability is probably like a six out of five for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but going back to like that that gap in quality, like if you take what we were talking about before, like Captain Marvel and, and Alita. Yeah, like Alita's on there as a two. And Captain Marvel's on there as a three. Yeah. And I wish that that gap was bigger. Like, uh, it, I don't know if I would. It's just because Alita, I thought Alita, Alita is not a one star movie. Okay. Right. That's fair. But it's not, it's way worse than Captain Marvel. <laughs> but so is that because of the, the internet discussion about it? Like, do you, do you feel that way at all because of some of the no. trolls? No, so no, no. nothing to do with that. No, not at all. Okay. Like, I, I wish. I wish I could give Captain Marvel, like, I don't want to give it three and a half stars because I have a way, like, once you start getting to three and a half for me, it starts to get, like, that those are those are my quality movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to put Captain Marvel in there, but, you know, so two to three is such a huge gap, and I wish I could do, like, a two to, like, a 3.4. Hmm. And I'd feel better about that gap than I would in putting Captain Marvel at a 3.5. See, and this is a very much a me thing. I yeah, understand that. No, I, and I hear what you're saying. I, yeah. And I see it. Um, because, and that's some of the Metacritic thing, too, is that I think that the, the green movies, generally considered to be good films, mm -hmm. I think are 65 and up or 60 and up. Sure. The yellow movies, where either there's mixed or like middling reviews, yeah. I believe are between 60 and 35. And then 35 and below are bad films. Yeah. So in that situation, your two for Alita is a 40. That's going to be a yellow. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And which makes sense because there is some good things as far as, again, I, I already said I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard from a technological point of view, there's plenty of good things about that movie. There's yeah. They did some interesting, cool things, moved filmmaking forward, you know? James um, Cameron? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't direct the film. He produced it. But yes, yes, he was interested in the technology. Um, I've heard that Christoph Waltz is good in it. Sure, um, you know, so there, there is things to point yeah. to. He's so, one. He's one and a half of my stars, <laughs> and the other half is the technological advancement. No, <laughs> the other half star is that James Cameron didn't direct it, <laughs> and that just made it better for you. Okay, so what you're saying is is that there's no movies in your letterbox that have zero stars. Sucker Punch is a zero. Is my only zero star no, movie. No, wasn't directed by James Cameron. Point <laughs> five star. by default. Half a star. Yeah, Sucker Punch is my only zero movie in my letterbox, and that's that's the truth. Oh wow. It is the worst movie I've ever watched. It is really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. And I am so, so disappointed to say sure. I've seen it twice. Wow. Yeah. I've also seen it twice. <laughs> I, I went and saw it, and I was like, that movie was awful. And I was working at the movie theater at the time, so I got movies for free. And I told my dad we were going to go see a movie, then like two days later. And I said, uh, you know, he's, I'm like, what do you want to see? You know, I can see whatever. So and he goes, oh, I want to see Sucker Punch. And I'm like, I watched it, and it was really <laughs> bad. Like, it was awful. I have no desire to see it again. It's a bad movie. You will be bored and you will regret it. And he goes, okay, but what if we saw it again anyway? <laughs> and because I love my dad, I went and saw it again. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember walking out of it and there was silence. <laughs> my dad's like, yeah, you were right. <laughs> So, anyway, 
Um, so I, I think I – oh, sorry. So back to the Metacritic thing. Sure, yeah. It makes sense to me that – like I truly believe there is a vast difference in quality between a two-star and a three-star. Like I think that makes sense. So from a – again, Metacritic point of view, from that 40 to 60, there's that's a gulf. Like there was a massive jump in there, yeah. Um, and so sixty is the point where okay, I can you know I feel okay with watching this film. Yeah. Forty, I'm like this movie better interest me from a trailer. Otherwise, I'm not like there's no way I'm seeing yeah. this. Yeah. Um. So to me, you don't need the the decimal points in between. That is already clear. I think it just feels different. It feels weird because it's like, well, they're only one star apart. But you're only given five, you know? like. Yeah. But I, yeah, and, and that's my issue though. Like when obviously I think five stars or four stars is like the critical, that's like the base of what sure. people usually use. Yeah, typically a five but, star. But you know, like when I sit there and I start at Letterboxd, I'm like, I hate the idea that there's only five stars in between Sucker Punch. And Goodfellas, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like that's not fair though. Because Sucker Punch is terrible. No, I get it, right? But like, it's just, but even even putting it at its lowest zero, yeah, it just feels like that's just not enough distance for The Godfather and Goodfellas or whatever it might be. It's just not far enough away from that that steaming pile. So. <laughs> I get that, and I understand <laughs> that when you know if someone pooped in the corner of a room, it doesn't matter how far away you are yeah. in that room; there's still poop in that room. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Just get away you know. from my uh, non-poop. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, think about it this way: like, think of the quality difference between Alita, Alita Battle Angel, and Captain Marvel. Sure. And then, do you think there is two of those between Captain Marvel and Goodfellas? Because, like that would be a comfort to me is the jump in quality between those two films is pretty significant. Yeah. And you shove two of those jumps in between Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could see that being, that's not enough space for me, man. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> I need more. And again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to be like a three to a three and a half, right? That's, I have to make a commitment, whether it's three or 3.5, that's it. Sure. Right. But I, I, or, or the jump from three to four, is is two spots, which to me is just not enough. So like, because now that if you're telling me the difference between a three point one movie and a three point nine movie, then I'm like, oh, that's, I feels better to me. That's so strange because that is that's the difference between a three and a four. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> a three point nine movie is just not a four movie. You know, I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'd even be okay with just going even numbers. We are doing even numbers. 3.2, 3.4, 3.6, 3.8. Yeah, in oh, between, okay. right? Like, it's still, I just need more separation. It's so strange to me that you need a 50 point scale. Like, you're. <laughs> it's 100. It, I do need 100. Yeah. Like, I do well, need no, it. No, you just said you'd be willing to do the evens. If, if, and if that... it was even, then it's a 50 point scale, and you're like, that's my compromise. <laughs> If 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 the only way to make it better was fifty, I'd choke it. Yeah, I'd yeah. choke it down. But oh like, my God. I'd love the hundred. I that's unbelievable to me, yeah. and it's unbelievable to me also because we, you know, film has been around for sure. literally over a hundred years. Yeah, in a century of filmmaking, professionals have consistently like people have been paid yeah. to review films. Yeah, and they've been like, yeah, five stars is good. Yeah. Some even say. Four stars is fine. They don't need a fifth. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Throw that all out the window. That's why nobody's paying me anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, You brought up uh, Ebert yeah, earlier. I did. Uh, and Siskel and Ebert, who basically maybe made movie reviews famous. They did, yeah. And put it into... That's a two star. <laughs> yeah. So their famous thing was the thumbs up. Yeah. The thumbs up or thumbs down. And so they, if, if a movie was two thumbs up, it means that both Sisto and Ebert raised the thumb. And we went damn near two decades thinking that was the measuring stick on a movie poster. Like when you were flipping through, like this will date me, when you're flipping through a newspaper and you see, you're looking at movie times and a poster had like four stars and 
big letter two thumbs up yeah. I'm like oh that's a winner <laughs> when okay. really that was just two guys who liked the movie okay hold up hold up hold up, hold up. first of all i just want to i just want to point out that you knowing what a newspaper is doesn't date you everyone knows what a newspaper is Brendan. to look up movie times in a newspaper <laughs> i'm just saying and then secondly I love the simplicity of the two thumbs up. You would. I do. I do. And now partially it's because I've always liked Ebert. And I, sure. and I think that there's – he um, – I, I think a big thing for him is he likes what he likes. Yeah. Um, I have actually a whole list that we can maybe talk about at some point that of various critically acclaimed films that he disliked. Okay. Um, and so he was never shy to dislike a movie. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, uh, but I liked the fact that really – so much of it, especially from the, the point of view of the thing on the poster, comes down to no one cared whether he liked the filmmaking. No one cared if the uh, uh, camera work was good. People cared, did you like it or not? Yeah. They, they didn't really care about the nuances of it. So it comes down to thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's go down straight back to <laughs> Gladiator days. You know, that's all we need. But it's ter- like, But it's brutal. So like, theoretically, if you were a casual moviegoer and you weren't following... Ebert specifically, uh, if two thumbs up wasn't on a movie poster, you still wouldn't know if he liked it or not because you can't just put Ebert's thumb up (laughs) 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 on a poster. Um, You could. Probably could. Uh, I think it doesn't look quite as good. But, like, regardless, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. uh, and, and the pull quotes are interesting, too. Like, Peter Travers is the uh, guy that used to write for Rolling Stone. Uh, uh, he did uh, reviews for Good Morning America for a, a good while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I believe he currently does it for People magazine now. Uh, or, no, sorry. I think it is currently Good Morning America, and it right. used to be for People. Um, but he's kind of hopped around. Anyway, he did for Rolling Stone up until, like, 2015 or 2016. So like he was that the guy. was yeah. his big thing. Um, and so his quotes are all over a lot of things. Um, but the big thing is, is there is plenty of times where his quotes, like he'd be shoved on a poster and it would say, awesome. And then you look <laughs> at his review um, and he said, the explosions were off, awesome. The story sucked, you know? Yeah. And the fact is, is that two thumbs up was a, a nice way for the marketers to handle it. And for Ebert and Siskel not to get misquoted. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing with Travers is that he has been, his quotes have been taken out of context. Yeah. It was awesome, but he was talking about one specific thing, not the whole film. Um, But that's what gets thrown up there, you know? Um, So it's, uh, I I have a hard time. I have also noticed there's been a trend recently in the last maybe 10 years, probably not, probably five or six, um, where they, a movie trailer starts throwing up pull quotes from guys on Twitter. And it's not like <laughs> Peter Travers. It's just some dude. It's yeah. like cool guy 432, probably cool guy 420, <laughs> you know? Um, and that guy said, best movie of the year. And I'm like, why do I care? Why is this on the trailer, you know? Um, but the problem is, is I think that people see a pull quote and they don't even bother looking at yeah, who it is. They don't. They just go, oh, Someone that I should trust said this, you know, like, yeah. because cool guy 420 is a person you can trust, you know, yeah. that's he's put on the, the people who made this trailer wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> people trying to sell me this product. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so I, I don't know. I find the whole thing is strange. Um, the, the culture of film reviews is, is weird. And again, I like the two thumbs up. I like the fact that it really just it, it came down to a binary, which was important from a marketing point of view and it was important ultimately from an audience point of view because no one cared. No one cares who Peter Travers is really, in, in most cases anyway, you yeah. know. Do you think Do you think modern movie criticism uh, writers, they write for the general public and not for movie people? I think, trying to say that without being as pretentious as possible. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's an impossible question. First of all, I honestly think that uh, that people that write things, people that – I think in most cases, people that create things, they create them for themselves. Right. You know, really, at the end of the day, the reason we are creating this podcast is not because I expect to 
achieve fame and fortune or I want people to really hear what I have to say about movies. It's because we decided we were going to have some of these conversations anyway. And yeah. I, we wanted to do it in a format that um, was a little more formalized and let us have these conversations and it's sort of more drawn out and sure. didn't feel like it was going to get interrupted and be, you know. Um, so ultimately, we're creating this for us. And I think that's, you know, really, if people are true creatives, that's what it comes down to is you create things because you want to. Yeah, yeah. Even if that creation is criticism of something, some other product, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine Ebert put the amount of effort into his writing so that random, well, that's why it's, that's why I said modern, right? I think it's like a, a bit of a, maybe a bit of a lost art or at least it feels like a bit of a lost art. You know, when I think of, you asked at the beginning of this thing, if I follow reviews and I usually don't, Sure. but I, I went to slash film because it felt like a movie blog made by people who love movies the same way that I love movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting point. Um, I, I think that there is definitely reviewers. I think at the end of the day, most reviewers understand that you, people aren't going to be reading a full review, a full movie review, yeah. unless they truly care about sure. that movie or yeah. movies in general. Um, uh, I think the, the beauty of a lot of what Ebert did, especially, you know, I found out, after he died, a lot of people really talked about this, that he writes eloquently in a way that a, the, the everyman can understand. Yeah. And, and, but in still in a way that is, um, I don't know if you call it film review beautiful, but like, but beautiful. And, and like I said, eloquent and, um, uh, nuanced. So he, the intent was to teach you something, you know, sure. you were able to walk away and go, okay, I understand a little bit more about film criticism. I understand a little bit more about what this movie is. Um, and that wasn't just so that, Film snobs can can read that and you know push their nose up. Um, I understand I pushed my glasses up when I said that. But, um, it's a good thing it's not on camera. Yeah, then I'd look like an idiot. Um, but uh, he he wrote so that a normal audience could understand. So I I think yeah I think generally it's it's for the normal person, but. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, in most cases, I don't think the normal person cares. You know, I, I don't. I don't think the majority of people that are reading these things are. I don't know. I think. I think it goes back to a lot of uh, that uh, that tribalism that you mentioned earlier, whether a film is good or not. But you know, which makes the all the difference in the world for somebody going out of the way to find an article on Slash Film as opposed to being linked to a movie review on on IGN. And not saying that IGN yeah. isn't isn't capable of writing movie reviews and stuff like that. I just like it's not where I would go to. To, to, to get a, a gauge on if a movie is good. Well, and I think the big difference there is IGN is a little more mass-produced and a little yeah. bit more big corporate mm -hmm. than, than Slash Film is. Sure. Um, slash Film is a little more targeted and yeah. is supposed to be for movie lovers, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So IGN is, again, mass market a little yeah. bit more. So I get it. The yeah. difference is there. Um, so uh, sort of just to wrap, wrap up, um, I'm wondering a little bit about, we talked about your letterbox a bit. Um, and I'm wondering about that sort of, uh, uh, process of opening up and putting yourself out there. Um, you and I had decided, uh, for fun to put together a, uh, top 10 list of the decade for, for movies and we oh, yeah, threw it yeah. up on Instagram, uh, at the, what was it? Oh, end of 2019. So it was, sure, yeah. yeah. So 2010 to 2019 yeah. top 10 list. Um, and we did it for fun. We did it the two of us. And then I, I talked to a whole bunch of our friends and, you know, acquaintances and yada, yada, yada. And we got a whole bunch of, I think I put together 10 or 12 or 13 sure, yeah. lists. And I had a hard time with it. First of all, because I found that, um, you got roasted. Uh, well, <laughs> so putting together a list is always hard. Yeah. It, you know, like hundreds of movies came out in that time. Lots of them I enjoyed. Were we looking at this from which one is the better movie or which ones that I enjoy? And I think that we made it very personal. So it really came down to what are my favorite movies, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, as opposed to what are the best made films. Or, yeah. But I think there was a mix of both. Um, and and I did find that there was a lot of not backlash exactly, but there was a surprising amount of criticism of me picking movies. You know, oh, look, oh I don't think that one is your number four. You know, you're going to put that higher than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was kind of shocked. I was like, screw you. Like, <laughs> hold on. Like I, I put together my list. You put together your yeah. list. It's cool. Let's move on. You know. Um, 
so have you had instances, instances like that? Like, is there issues where you've had putting yourself out there in terms of movie reviews, your opinions and stuff? All the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe even every week. <laughs> no, like that list was was a really good example of, uh, of it too. And I'm, I was really glad when you were like, uh, it's your favorites yeah. of the decade. Yeah. Because it's a completely different list if you put the best of the decade. Sure. Uh, I think my list would change dramatically. But I think, you know, I'm... Uh, we kind of touched on it again in, in, in toxic fandom, but I deal I deal with it on a weekly basis walking to a comic store. Yeah, you know, totally. And 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 I don't want. And this is a really tough one too. Is just like how do you have a conversation with with somebody who doesn't have the same experiences as you? And that I mean I mean that from you know you guys don't have the same tastes. You guys don't watch the same movies. Sure. You guys don't watch the the same amount of movies. Uh, but you have hard headed, uh, stubborn people telling you you're wrong yeah uh when because you, of your favorite film. because of yeah. your favorite film or your best film and i always yeah. make the distinction i think uh, i always go out of my way when we talk about stuff is just like i really enjoyed it i don't think it's better than this thing yeah sure but it is my favorite thing like uh, we we talk about the batman my yep. batman it is my favorite batman film i don't think it's the best made batman film yeah i would agree and i uh i always make distinctions like that when i talk about when i when somebody asks me my opinion about movies sure uh and i still catch shit for it yeah constantly <laughs> <laughs> and but it goes back again i don't know if it's ownership or if it's if it's tribalism but it's just like i i don't get it yeah so i struggle with it a lot it's hard it is really hard um and so do you find that that is more or less uh like do you find that in that issue that tribalism increases when you're talking about a better made film or when you're talking about your favorite film uh when, I, ta when I talk about my favorite films people get confused like because i get i get pigeonholed as the guy who likes hitchcock and scorsese oh sure or anything like that so when i tell them oh i absolutely love pacific rim that i just get shit on that's very confusing because that's a hitchcockian masterpiece absolutely yeah <laughs> it's a shot for shot remake of rear window yeah yeah correct, <laughs> correct. I, I won't hear it yeah. uh but yeah I, I i catch uh a ton of heat for that because number one people have a weird people have a weird uh idea of what pacific rim is not a lot of people have seen it uh and they just assume that it's a dumb movie with robots and monsters and it is. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong, but they've already they've already assumed it's a bad movie, right? So they don't understand why I could possibly like bad movies, even though I've prefaced with a number one, it's not a bad movie. It's definitely not a bad movie. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely not a bad movie. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 speaks to me because it ha it has all the things that I love about other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't get it, and they won't hear it. That's the thing that makes it difficult mm. is they won't have the conversation. They just write it off because they think it's bad. So with that in mind, um, you still enjoy putting stuff on your letterbox, though. Yeah, I don't so have is that people just because you don't have followers already. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, nobody's following me. I don't give a like, and that's the, uh, the and you grow you get you you grow comfortable in your own skin at some point. Sure, right? Like I don't have a problem being the the uh, unapologetic Scorsese guy. I yeah. don't. Yeah, sure. I, I've grown into that role, and I I. That's just who I am, but I I don't mind telling you how bad I like you know how I like bad movies or I don't mind telling you that I think good movies I don't enjoy yeah yeah or anything yeah. like that and maybe that's why I I do skew that letterbox thing to be a little different so when you look mm. even if it's a movie I enjoy it'll look bad on my letterbox am I doing that subconsciously I don't know yeah 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 it's a good point uh well that's pretty much all I had uh, do you have any more to add what you don't you it, you don't want to talk about your letterbox? I mean, you said you stopped. Oh yeah, no, it it's it's a graveyard in there. <laughs> I, like it, my letterbox is it maybe has two hundred movies on it. Right. I I found I had a, a hard time doing it. Um, I it became too toxic for me. Really, is really? what it came down to. Is I I had like not that I had people. It was literally just me talking toxically to myself. Yeah. Um, about. Uh, and that's what I do when I, I write letterbox reviews. Is I just sit in a dark room <laughs> and whisper at myself what an idiot I am. Um, uh, but, like, I, I think it was just so much of it came down to the, the numbers were weird. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a maniac in this episode. <laughs> no.
Um, but I, I, I didn't like defining it in the same way. Um, so I, I think I'm far more general about it. Um, and that's, and maybe that's why I enjoy the two thumbs up thing. Um, <laughs> is that I, I would rather have that system versus a, um, a five star. Um, and I think some of it is just a, the, the labor of literally yeah. writing out a review and stuff, but, um, it, but the number of times I had problems because I'm like, okay, well, where would I put this film? And then I look at my letterbox and I'm like, well, this got a four and this got a three and a half. And I don't think it's as good as this one, but it's not as bad as this yeah, one. If only you could go 3.2 to four. That, that wouldn't <laughs> help the problem. <laughs> Um, because then, then there became another problem. So I, I shoved that one at 3.8 then. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to find a movie that's like, well, it's not 3.8 and it's not four. Okay, sure. Then I shove it at 3.9. Yeah. But like, I can't keep creating levels, um, forever. You feel like you're moving the goalpost. Absolutely. That, yeah. that it's like, well, and, and that sort of labor and, and stuff was really hard because I found that eventually when you have a repository like that you're like well but i can't believe that brendan thinks alita is only a two but he gave the robocop remake a four like you didn't i did i did not give that robocop remake a four i'm just saying like um those conversations will happen and and they shouldn't. They, they. I, I think so much of it needs to be. Some of the uh, a film review needs to be happen in a bit of a vacuum. Obviously, when you are reviewing something, you are comparing it against the the lifetime of cinema. Yeah. But I, I have a harder time then when I'm comparing my review of this to my review of this oh. because it's like, well, it was different headspaces. I have maybe grown and matured. I have, you know, who knows? And like. Roger Ebert uh, didn't like Fight Club, for instance. He didn't like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Didn't like Leon the Professional. That's strange to me. Those are great movies. Um, he didn't like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He gave them all negative reviews. He gave them one thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was more than that. It was more nuanced. <laughs> but, but like, he shouldn't be discredited as a reviewer because he didn't like Butch Cassidy. Yeah. You know, like... He clearly still has chops and knows what he's talking about. But again, maybe he just the, his personal experience with Bush, Bush Cassidy was negative. For I will say that what uh, Siskel and Ebert did, that I thought was really cool, was after a couple of years they would sometimes revisit a movie and rescore it. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was interesting. So like after sitting, because I think it was it was one of those movies which he didn't like, and they came back to it, and he was like, "I was wrong." Oh, and and I think that's important. Yeah. Um, but, and, and maybe it's just that I want to be a, uh, more of a film reviewer. I, I want to be more involved with film and I just don't have the time or, uh, the energy right now mm-hmm. to put that, what I feel like is required yeah. to maintain a letterbox account or maintain that. Um, and again, I, I think so much of it comes down to some of that toxicity and I'm like, eh, it's not worth it for me. So how does that, that translate to something like this sitting here and just, openly spouting your garbage opinions to everybody (laughs) (laughs) i think part of the difference is is first of all i am i'm sitting here it's a bit of a safe space uh and i know that's a weird phrase people don't like that phrase (laughs) um but first of all i'm sitting here with my friend yeah um so having a conversation like this is is far more easy because i know that ultimately i'm not being judged uh overly harshly (laughs) Openly. By you, yeah, <laughs> is the word your word you're looking for. Openly, Openly. Right, right. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, is I think it, it, there's a degree of separation. I know that we are recording this right now, but it's going to be there's a whole other process where I have to save the file and then we have to edit <laughs> the file and then we have to upload it to YouTube. And there's like separation between me and then the any sort digital of digital you that yeah, but any sort of um, uh, critique. Of what I have to say here. Oh. And so it ends up becoming that, you know, partially it's literally just the time of it. The fact that, you know, typically we're, we're filming episodes a few weeks in advance at least. Um, when someone watches it, I'm like, well, that was two months ago, Parker. You know, <laughs> that guy didn't I've know evolved. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think the distance helps. Yeah. Um, and and I feel like I'm immediately putting out a letterbox review. Even though no one, like, <laughs> clearly more people are watching this and listening to this than... Uh, then were paying attention to my letterbox reviews, but it still felt different, and I didn't feel like I had the same separation. Sure, and, you know, I don't know. Well, no, that's interesting. I dig it. 
So um, now that you've made me give you like <laughs> <laughs> bear my heart and soul here, you know. Yeah. Um, so we should probably put links to both of our letter boxes so people <laughs> can follow us this time. Not happening. Not happening. I'll make it happen. Yeah, I, I, I might do your letter box, but again, my my letter box is a graveyard. It's no, no, no. It's gonna be a disaster. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. Anything more to add? No. Okay. Fair <laughs> no. This episode was a seven four. Yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs up. (laughs) Uh, We'll check in next week.